You talking about football? Yeah, football. NFC North. Let's talk football. Welcome back, everybody. This is Headed North, an NFC North podcast, and I am your host, Detron. We had a full slate of games this week. All four teams were playing. There were no divisional matches, so a lot of action happening in the North. The Chicago Bears ran into a team that was worse than them, and it showed. Minnesota, well, Heck, nobody believed in Minnesota, but Dobbs did, and he came through and took them in to second place in the division, but more importantly, kept them in playoff contention. We had the Green Bay Packers heading into Steel City to take on Mike Tomlinson and his folks, the Steelers. And, well, Green Bay got stolen. All I can say is they didn't win, and it wasn't good, despite Jordan Love having a halfway decent performance. And the Detroit Lions came off of a bye week, went to SoFi, took on what was supposed to be a high-flying Chargers offense, which honestly had looked pretty poor against the New York Jets. But they came to play this week. Unfortunately, it wasn't enough for them. And fortunately, it was enough for the Detroit Lions to pull out a win. So we're going to talk about all that and more on the show this week. But before we do that, let's kick it over to our sponsor so they can tell you about what they got. Our sponsor this week is OffRackShop.com. OffRackShop.com is an online thrift store. They have men's and women's clothing, shoes, accessories, and more. Usually about 300 items to choose from. So if you haven't already, check out our description for 15% off your next purchase at offrackshop.com. All right, guys, we're going to get it started with the Chicago Bears. And here's your storyline it's Thursday night football. The Chicago Bears are being led by secret agent Triple O Bajent. He's bringing the middling Bears home to take on the one win Carolina Panthers. And it was a close game. But Chicago was able to pull it out 16 to 13, right? You're talking about a one win team that should not have been close with the talent that the Bears have, but they haven't been able to pull it together in many other games this year. So this wasn't a surprise. But Bajent is a bit of a surprise. He is now two and two with Justin Fields being out with his finger injury. So Bajent has won you two of his four games. He's been a fine stand in for the injured Justin Fields. Bajan in this game went 20 for 33, put up 162 yards, no touchdowns, but he also didn't get sacked, had six rushes for 12 yards, no picks, but an overall QBR of 73. They just weren't able to really move the ball. As you can tell based on the score, no one was putting up a whole lot of action. Dante Foreman did help out with his portion of the game, you know, 21 rushes, 80 yards, four-yard touchdown, helped them seal the game. Cole Komet and DJ Moore both caught five passes. DJ had 58 yards. Cole had 45 yards. None of this was was really all that exciting. It's a 16-13 game that got pulled out in the very end with a field goal from the real MVP of the game, which was Cairo Santos. The game had five field goals total, and Santos had three of them. Really, the only uh, highlight that you have that like really stands out is Chicago's defense. They didn't give up any scores. There was just a punt return and two field goals. So Chicago should feel good about coming out of that game, not giving up a single touchdown from their defense. But then again, it was the Carolina Panthers, so this shouldn't be a surprise. Uh, now that we've given Chicago their due for winning a game against a one-win team, let's talk about the post-game storylines. And there should probably be two. Very first one is, is Justin Fields coming back yet? 
because I'm tired of watching this Chicago Bears offense the way that it is. I have repeated myself a million times at this point about DJ Moore and his involvement and how you need to get the ball to him more often. I understand Chicago Bears football. You want to run the ball. You want to pound the run. I get it. You've got some talent on the edges that you need to get the ball to more than five times a game. There's no reason that DJ Moore should have only had five caught passes. Now, I see if he dropped five or six of them, but he wasn't targeted enough to say that you gave him a fair shot to contribute in this game. This doesn't need to be a thing every week. And the next thing is, is Matt Everflew still employed? I mean, yeah, he won, so that's cool, bro. I'm glad he still has this job. But here's an interesting take. I don't know if you have come across this, but I got a certain Bears fan that I talk to a lot, and he pitched the idea of Jim Harbaugh coming to Chicago. Yup, since the Big Ten seems to want to punish him for the things that he has been accused of doing, or actually doing, why not, after you've taken the job at the university that you went to, how about coming and taking the head coaching job at the folks that drafted you back in 87, where you spent your longest tenure. So you've got a chance to spend like six years there with the Chicago Bears. Why not come and turn that franchise around? After hearing my friend tell me about this for a little bit, it made sense to me. So if I were you, I would be on Jim Harbaugh watch for if that Chicago Bears job comes open. Seems like it could be a good pairing between those two. Let's keep an eye out. But next week's game, they got the Detroit Lions in Detroit. That's going to be a toughie. You also have uh, the Minnesota Vikings at Minnesota on Monday Night Football, and then you go into a bye week. So Chicago fans, buckle up. The next two weeks could be pretty tough for you guys before you head into a bye week. All right, next up, we are talking the Minnesota Vikings. And Dobbs did. Look, I can't help but be happy about this story. If you know anything about the Josh Dobbs story leading into this uh, game where he's bounced around, he's helped a lot of teams, he's contributed, they didn't even put his name on a jersey in in Arizona, you've got to feel good about Josh Dobbs coming out and performing at a high level for a team like the Minnesota Vikings, a team that are down 17 players across all three phases of their game. But being down 17 players still didn't stop them from beating the New Orleans Saints. Josh Dobbs came out, had 23-34 for 268, one passing touchdown, one sack, eight rushes for 44 yards. He was almost a leader in rushing if it wasn't for Ty Chandler coming in after Madison went out with a concussion. And speaking of, Madison went out with a concussion. So now you got Ty Chandler who comes in, 15 rushes for 45 yards and a touchdown. It was also a massive game for TJ Hawkinson, which... If you were watching the game, you would see TJ was getting pretty beat up. He is definitely going to need some rehab after that game because his body was getting beat. But in the process, he caught 11 of 15 targets, 134 yards, and a touchdown to help Minnesota beat the New Orleans Saints. Now, coming out of this game, here's what we're concerned about. Nothing. If you're Minnesota, you're concerned about nothing. You are playing with the house money right now. You don't have 17 players, including now Madsen, Kirk Cousins, JJ. You are still winning. So if you're winning, 
Just be happy at this point. They've got an improved point differential from last year, which was like the big story coming into the season. They have significantly improved defensive performances, and they're getting production from Addison and Powell and Hawkinson and, of course, Dobbs. Minnesota is two games ahead of the next team that's playing for a wild card spot right now. And they're just behind Detroit for the top spot in the NFC North. Minnesota is a very legitimate contender right now, which is so weird to say. Now, would they beat any of the playoff teams in the playoffs? I I would not go that far. But heck, with Josh Dobbs running around working miracles the way he's been doing for this team for the last couple games, I wouldn't put anything past him. The other thing that we are actually concerned about, though, are injuries. I know I've mentioned this a couple of times, but um, they're still lingering. They just lost Jordan Hicks. Uh, the inside linebacker, he's going to be out until at least the Detroit game in like, I don't know what the last game, almost the last game of the year. So that's going to be tough being without him. They did go and pick up Anthony Barr, who was originally drafted by Minnesota, put him on the practice squad. Hopefully he's going to be able to provide some depth in that position. But I mean, that's a big loss for Minnesota's defense, a defense who, again, I mentioned has been playing significantly better this year, both than what they played last year, but also than what I predicted that they would do. I thought it was going to be a struggle with so many new players in the rotation. Uh, I definitely thought that that their defensive coordinator, Brian Flores, was going to be able to do a great job of pulling together that defense, but I didn't think he was going to be able to do a job this good. And so consistently over the last few games. And if you are a fan, just know, J.J. is coming back. So you're doing all this winning without arguably one of the best receivers in the game right now. So when you get him back, that's only got to increase your chances of getting wins. Now, do I want you guys to take over first place in the North? Absolutely not. But I do want you to make the playoffs because I think that's important. And lastly, Minnesota has a favorable slate of games coming up. They're going to be playing at Denver, which by the way, Denver just pulled off another upset. Now they've upset the Chiefs. They've upset the Bills now. This is a Denver team, right, that's pulling off some wins that people didn't expect. They might even be thinking playoffs. All right, so maybe the slate isn't going to be as easy as you would like it to be if you're a Vikings fan, but you're going to be at Denver. You're going to play the Bears at home, and then you're going to have a bye week. So Minnesota has a possibly favorable slate of games coming up here. So if you're a fan, you're in a pretty good spot right now. I wouldn't go booking playoff tickets just yet. Third on our slate of games this week, the Green Bay Packers. Green Bay went into Steel City after knocking off the Rams in Lambeau, looking to keep themselves in what might be considered playoff contention, but barely, uh, in the North. That's not to be. It won't happen. Uh, Pittsburgh beat Green Bay 23-19 behind a couple of really big performances from Pittsburgh running backs. Jalen Warren had 15 rushes for 101 yards, and Najee Harris had 16 rushes for 82 yards and a touchdown for each of them. Love was not bad in this game. He had 21 of 40, 289, two touchdowns, but he did throw two picks and get a sack. I take it back. He was bad in this game. 71 overall QBR. This is the second game in the row, though, if you're looking for a positive, that he's hit eight different receivers. So spreading the ball around. 
I got a problem with that, but I'll tell you about that in, in my post-game storylines. Jaden Reed got five receptions, 84 yards, and a touchdown. And A.J. Dillon outworked Aaron Jones, got nine touches for 70 yards, outshining Aaron Jones' 13 touches for 35 yards. I won't speak a whole lot about this game because it wasn't very eventful. Similarly to uh, the Chicago Bears game, there wasn't a lot that happened on Green Bay side of the ball that made you very optimistic about this year's uh, future. But post-game, here's what we're, we're thinking about. Why are we not throwing the ball to Christian Watson more often? And why is Romeo Dobbs only getting like three catches a game? It's two weeks in a row that this has been a concern. Two catches for Watson this week, the previous week he had one, and three catches for Dobbs, the previous week he had three. You've got weapons. Jordan Love, what's going on? Like Clearly, Aaron Jones is not the Aaron Jones that he was in game one or two, and not the Aaron Jones that he was last year. A.J. Dillon is hit or miss. This game he contributed, but generally he does not. So why not just spread it out and throw the ball? Let's let's create some plays to get Christian Watson the ball. The other thing coming out of the Green Bay Packers game is they also don't have a favorable schedule over the next couple of weeks. They're going to face the Chargers. It's at home, but they're still facing the Chargers who just came and put up 38 points against the Lions. Then they have the Lions in Detroit, and then they play the Chiefs. This three games could really continue the slide that they had prior to beating the Rams. You could be looking at like a one in seven in your last eight after the next three weeks. That's a rough way to, to, to string some games together. If you are the green Bay Packers or green Bay Packers organization, I know there's probably no changes coming yet. This is the first year of meshing LaFleur and love together and we'll see if there is a second year because I don't know if Love is the uh, the fix for this Green Bay Packers team. If he is, it's going to start with him getting the ball to the people who can make the plays. And lastly this week, we're going to go with the Detroit Lions. You don't know how happy it makes me to see the performance that we put together in SoFi against the Chargers. Look, in so many years past, I've been a Lions fan essentially my whole life. In so many years past, these kinds of games are the kind of games where you throw a late interception, you turn the ball over, someone gets hit and fumbles it. There's a thing that's inevitably going to happen where we will lose that close, high-scoring game, and everyone will say, well, you gave it your best shot. Not this Lions team. And it's wild because I didn't see this being a shootout with the struggles that the Chargers had against the Jets just a week prior. And now the Chargers were out here throwing every pass. By the way, every pass that they threw went to Keenan Allen, which I can't be mad at. If Keenan Allen's better than the person checking him, keep throwing him the ball. That's exactly what I want them to do with DJ Moore in Chicago. But they did that, and the Lions were still able to hold true long enough to get that last-minute field goal to win the game and seal it in SoFi on the road against a high-powered offense. Jared went 23 for 33, 333 yards, two passing touchdowns, no picks, no sacks, and a QBR of 122.4. Amon Rase Brown had a huge game, caught eight of his nine targets, 156 yards, and a touchdown, and might I say, welcome back to David Montgomery. 12 rushes, 116 yards, and that huge 75-yard rushing touchdown. Come on, man. 
amazing performances. And I'm happy that the fact that with David Montgomery back, they didn't forget about Gibbs. He chipped in with 14 carries, 77 yards, three catches for 35 yards, and two touchdowns. This was just a really back-and-forth kind of game. And if you missed it, you really missed a good contest. But I can't give all the praise to the Lions despite how much I really want to because, again, a fan. Uh, I definitely got to say that there is some some praise to be heaped on Herbert and Keenan Allen. Herbert went 27 of 40 for 323 through four touchdown passes. And Keenan Allen caught 11 of 14 for 175 yards, really carving up our secondary. It's hard to see that there, it's hard not to see, excuse me, that there's gaps still in the secondary, especially when you're talking about the caliber player of Keenan Allen. It was, it was frustrating to watch him catch just about every pass thrown his way. But again, in the end, the Lions were able to come out with the win. So looking at the post-game storylines for the Lions, they're 7-2. They're still atop the NFC North. They stand alone in second place behind Philly in all of the NFC. And they're tied in the NFL with only one other team that has two losses. Again, Philly only has one. Us and KC only have two losses. And one of KC's losses was us. So I would ideally say we could be the second best team in the NFL based on record despite how you feel about our performances or anyone else's performances for that matter. But the Lions have a pretty cushy schedule over the next four weeks, the kind of schedule that could sneak up on you because there's some real divisional games in there, but shouldn't sneak up on you from the way that these people have been performing. The Chicago Bears were playing them in Detroit. They were playing the Packers in Detroit. Then we go play the Saints in New Orleans, and then we go play the Bears in Chicago. So Bears, Packers, Saints, Bears. That should be four more wins. We should be looking at 11-2 and two after this stretch of games. Remember, I told you guys that the Lions would win 13 games. And I don't know if you've been listening since the beginning of the show. But if you have been, then you will know I still stand behind that 13. We're going to get the 13 wins. And to do that, we need to knock off all four of these opponents. And it should not be a problem doing that based on their most recent performances. All right, that is what I got for our four teams this week. And now what we're going to do is kick it over to Matt with spreading the field so he can get you the picks for this week. Honestly, we only went wrong in one place, and that was trusting the Chicago Bears. But, I mean, we get what we earned, I guess. Matt, let us know about this week's picks on spreading the field. This is Matt, your resident Vikings fan. And this is spreading the field. Now, last week we did pretty good. We went three for four. We should have gone four for four. We only missed the parlay by half a point. Detron, I mean, that was a killer. Thursday night football, we blow the parlay right out of the gate. (sighs) Thanks, Chicago. That's all I got to say. Thanks, Chicago. On the year, we're 61.29% with that, though. 75% last week. Let's look back real quick at the week. Obviously, I just said one game we get wrong. Bears minus three and a half against the Panthers. I almost made it my lock of the week, Detron, but I just couldn't do it because they're the Bears. And then they go and win by three, by three points against the Panthers and completely ruin the parlay right out of the gate. That's what we got wrong. Bears win by three. Spread was three and a half. Come on, get me four points next time. Come on, Chicago. The three games we got right, though, Steelers, Minus three and a half. They beat the Packers by four, 23-19. And 
this game was exactly what I thought it was going to be. The Steelers are going to be physical. Love is going to go back to his turnovers, and that's exactly what he does. Love throws two picks in this game, including one from the Steelers' 16-yard line with three seconds left. If you're a Packers fan, are you looking to move on from your quarterback next year? Maybe the coach? Are you looking to get rid of both? How are you feeling today if you're a Packers fan? Because right now, man, they are so inconsistent. And I cannot honestly tell you if it's love, if it's the coaching, if it's both, but something has got to change in Green Bay going into next year, or this is going to be a frustrating marriage between love and the floor if they keep this going up. The second game we got right, Lions minus one and a half on the road against the Chargers. I thought the Lions were going to light up the scoreboard. I did not think the Chargers were going to as much as they did. And man, this game was amazing. This game went back and forth. These teams were like two boxers out there trading blow for blow in the middle of the ring, and the Lions land the final haymaker. They go out. They hit a 41-yard field goal as time expires and win this game 41-38. They cover the one-and-a-half points. Detroit looking strong, leading the division still. It is going to be an interesting end of the year in the North as the Lions look to lock this down coming into the final stretch. And our third game and lock of the week, or fourth game and lock of the week, the third game we got right. Vikings plus two and a half hosting the Saints. And the Saints were overrated. If you listened last week, the Saints were overrated. They haven't played anybody. And the Vikings are just not getting love because, I mean, and no real criticism of Vegas here. The Vikings are exceeding expectations at the moment if you take their circumstances rip out the quarterback plug in a guy you just traded for you're losing all your important pieces all over the field second year head coach that story does not play out well but the vikings they're taking off like a rocket and they start this game with a 24-3 halftime lead over the saints i mean they come out and score almost one of their highest port totals in a game than one half of football. The Saints did come back and make this game a little closer in the second half due to some very conservative play calling by O'Connell and the Vikings, but the Vikings hold on to win 27-19, and they're looking dangerous rolling into Week 11. It is going to be interesting to see if the Vikings can keep closing that gap with uh, Detroit. Uh, they have two games coming up uh, for Minnesota and Detroit to end the year, so... If the Vikings can keep this pace rolling and keep coming towards Detroit, Detroit keeps winning, those two games could end up deciding the NFC North this year, which would be super exciting. Um, Be interesting to see how that played out. So let's see if we can keep it going. Let's see if we can make those matchups high profile that we were hoping they were at the start of the year. And now let's jump ahead to week 11 and the three games we have this week. Only have three games because Bears – are going to Detroit, so we've got one divisional matchup this week. So let's see what we got here. In game number one, the Packers are three-point underdogs at home against the Chargers. Both of these teams have struggled this year to be consistent, but I honestly think Jordan Love is just going to be outmatched in this matchup with Justin Herbert. I know the Chargers have been up and down. I know they have questions with their head coach and Brandon Staley, but Love just cannot compete with Herbert. Look for Herbert to lead the Chargers and easily cover this minus three. Chargers minus three, that's the pick for game one. In game number two, the Vikings are headed on the road to Denver for Sunday night football. 
Now, the Broncos look terrible to start the year, but they're on a win streak and possibly good. I, I don't know. The Broncos are one of those confusing teams this year. But the Vikings are also a confusing team because they should not look good with all the challenges they've had. But somehow, I honestly think they look better recently than they did at the start of the year. Josh Jobs coming in, and he is no Kirk Cousins. Josh Jobs is not going to stand back there and dissect the field throw for throw that Cousins can make. He may not make all those reads, but what he can do with his legs in the pocket when the play breaks down and the aspects he brings to defenses having to account for him as a runner has really transformed this Vikings offense. I am shocked that the Vikings are two-point underdogs after their performance this week against the Saints. I know this could all come crashing down on my face. Maybe I'm blinded because it's the Vikings and I'm pulling for them. But, Detron, I'm rolling with the Vikings and their newfound confidence with newcomer Josh Dobbs. Give me the Vikings plus two for game number two. And in our lock of the week and third game, we have a special announcement. Have you or a person you love recently thought about betting on the Bears? Then please stop them. Please. The Bears head to Detroit to take on the Lions, and I don't care what the spread is. The Lions are the lock of the week. Blindfold me, Detron. Don't tell me what the spread is. Just let me place the bet. Give me Detroit, lock of the week, and uh, let's see what it is. Minus nine and a half, no problem. Give me the Lions, minus nine and a half. They're going to come out, keep control of the North for a few more weeks here, and destroy the Bears this week. Those are my picks this week. Chargers minus three, Vikings plus two, and Lions minus 40. I'm just kidding. Lions minus nine and a half. Thanks for having me, Detron. Until next week, Skull. All right. Thanks, Matt, for those picks. Definitely going to go get them in, and hopefully each of the teams don't let us down this week. I'm putting my money on Matt's picks because, well, He's been right before, so why not this week? All right, that's our show for the week. I really appreciate you listening. If you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen, leave us a like, a review if you can, give us a star or a thumbs up or whatever kind of metric they have to let us know that you enjoy the show. If you come back next week, which I hope you do, make sure you got your bags packed because we are headed north. I'm Detron. Peace. You talking about football? Yeah. Football. NFC. North. Now let's talk football.